Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this, the Planeteers Podcast. It's HBW. Welcome to this week's episode from me, Precious. Bonjour and bienvenue uh, from me, Carl, and uh, welcome from the Vida E Cafe in Rondebosch, where we've come today to record the episode and are therefore uh, getting looked at quite strangely by the other customers. But the reason for coming is that it's quite a special episode. We're here to celebrate the final podcast of the series. So what's coming up on today's show is we're going to have me with the Science News and we're having an interview with Leith and uh, Pakisa in Pretoria and then we're going to come back and have some concluding remarks on the podcast for this season. So first up today we have your Science News. Today for Science News, we will be looking at a research done by a group of scientists who have recently come up with a solution to basically uh, solve the ice age carbon dioxide uh, puzzle in the ocean. Okay, I guess you're going to have to explain what is the ice age carbon dioxide puzzle. Yes, I will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, a research into the chemistry of the ocean during the ice age is helping us to solve the puzzle that engaged scientists for more than two decades on the issue of how much of the carbon dioxide that entered the ocean during the ice age can be attributed to the biological pump. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so what's the biological pump? So basically the biological pump is when atmospheric carbon dioxide is absorbed by phytoplankton and sequestered to the seafloor as organisms die and sink. Okay, so it's like it's a way of getting carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Yes. And that's important for an ice age, why? Uh, because, so, we need to know how much carbon dioxide is taken in for modeling purposes, so that to force our models and for better predictions into how much carbon dioxide the ocean does actually take in. Okay. Take up. Breaking it down for someone dumb like me, right? Um, why are we interested in the carbon dioxide in the ice age? Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, and uh, its increase in the atmosphere is actually driving climate change globally. And so, like a decrease in the atmosphere is thought to drive glaciations. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So that's why it's important. Sure. Okay. So solving this puzzle, as I was saying, is important to improve the accuracy of climate models and inform understanding on how ocean processes may react to future climate change. Mm -hmm. So the group of scientists from the University of Liverpool have been studying ice and phytoplankton in the tropics and found that it absorbed high levels of carbon dioxide due to fertilization by iron-rich stars blowing into the ocean. So this is a great contribution to the science community because until now models have only been able to explain like a portion of the CO2 that entered Ice Age oceans via the biological pump. Very interesting. Yeah. So the leading hypothesis was 
had been that iron-rich dust blown from glacial landscapes stimulated phytoplankton growth in high altitudes. But this only explained for around one-third of the extra carbon dioxide absorbed through the biological palm, and the other two-thirds was effectively missing, so we didn't know. And now that's counted for? Yes, by this. So now they have used an ocean model to look at the response of a group of phytoplankton called the nitrogen fixes. So they've been previously known to just be useful in the nitrogen palm, but then they have actually proven that they were actually useful for carbon absorption like absorption from the atmosphere as well. Right, so I have a question regarding the portion that is missing that has been accounted for. Um, does it account for the whole percentage that is like missing or does it account for like just another portion and maybe there's still like I don't know if it makes sense, but so they claim it accounts for a third, yeah, for the rest of the yeah, of okay. the carbon dioxide that they couldn't explain how it got into the okay. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And this is actually a paper published in Nature, so it's really accurate. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's it for science news today, guys. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you very much, precious. Thanks very much for the science news there, Precious. That was super. Um, sad that it's the last ever one. And that brings us on to the final ever interview. Once again, Pakiso is out in the field. He was at the Last Habitable Planet workshop in Pretoria and talked to one of the interesting planeteers, uh, a gentleman called Leith Singh. We join him talking to Leith. Hey, how are you, Leith? Hey guys, um, it's nice that Pukis is here to give us uh, this talk and I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Leith Singh and I'm from the Kuzun Hotel. I am currently uh, a PhD student at the university there and I've been involved with Access for about at least um, four years now wow. and, and um, it's going strong and really enjoying it. Okay, so when, when first did you join the Access, Access workshop? When first did you attend? It was in 2014, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what a great experience to be a part of it. And uh, I think the whole the whole social um, vibe, uh, plus also with you know learning new skills. Um, uh, Dr. Carl Palmer and his team are brilliant at that. And I think it's a really good exposure for all of us. And uh, that's why I'm still here after so long. <laughs> wow, wow, that's that's really a nice experience. And like, where, where was your first? HPW workshop, like the location? It was actually in Kaizen, so oh, where I'm from. Okay. Yes, my hometown. <laughs> it's always good to be home. I know yeah, I knew yeah. the new places to go to, take the take the workshop here and there. You know, it was it was quite nice uh, uh, to be in my hometown. Yeah. But also, I think there's some things you don't see in your hometown when you don't have the time to go around. I think yeah, the, yeah, true. I think the the, the, the the workshop takes you to places where you haven't been and it's right near me. So I'm really uh, blessed to have that done. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I think um, when I first joined, I only thought it was science students that I would only oh, meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I realized that it was a mixture of students, not just science, but law faculty, finances, you know, management, and um, that was like nice to understand different perspectives, you know. Yes. And the people were really amazing. Like everyone is very motivated here. Everyone's very excited about about learning. Yeah. And and that's something that I did not experience in any other workshop before. Uh, joining Access, so um, yes, it's, it's been really um, 
magnificent experience and I think uh, there's, there's a lot that can come from it. I think many people would love to join this program and uh, you definitely should be uh, getting involved wherever you can. I've been a long way for me, four years. Um, it was also my hometown uh, in 2014 and then also what happened was I became part of the, the LOC committee yeah. um, which was to, to have the next workshop uh, and uh, that was a, the next year we actually won the proposal to have the next workshop wow. so I became part of the LOC for that and uh, we also now uh, a different perspective because I was in a workshop and now I'm organizing it so <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally different uh, scenarios and uh, the experience was amazing um, after being an LOC member, uh, that was year two, I decided that I would now want to get more involved. So I went for training for many HPWs okay. and I started having um, many HPWs uh, with our LOC committee and my campus. Uh, that was year three and then this is year four I think. And I am now, or year five, I'm now a nationally qualified uh, core lecturer and I managed to pass the distinction. Um, Pakiso, I have something very important to share with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my experience with this program has helped me tremendously with my public speaking. Um, I've been a stutterer for most of my life. Okay. And um, the skills learned here by Peter from Vulu. Um, Vula. Vula. Vula, he's been uh, amazing at training development and personal development. Yes. And uh, letting us all learn how to speak in public. True. And I've actually combated my public speaking. I'm now actually no more stutterer. And I, I, I've learned how to speak with such so much confidence yes. and self-esteem in public now. So thanks, without this program, I would never be able to accomplish those, that, those tasks. And I did pass distinction for my core lecturing course. Yes. Um, and I just gave two core lectures um, for HPW29 in UP. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty nice. So um, I, I also want to know like the, the, the second time you attended um, HBW was it the one that was held in KZN like in 2018 which is last year? It was, it was actually both in KZN. Um, the one was um, in KZN we had it uh, partly in Durban um, okay. and then we had it into Peter Marisburg and then we yeah. went to the Drakensberg as well. Um, so a lot of traveling involved, three different, three, three different uh, destinations, three different caterers the different transport guys. Uh, it was a massive, a massive event. I think we got quite close to the top of one, the best HBWs ever run. I think top yeah, three or yeah, top yeah, two yeah. ever, ever. So we are really proud with our, with, with our, you know, our, our work ethic at that time. And I think um, for me, everything we do is voluntary, and I, and I feel that it's just the heart is there, you know, for the program and for yes, the students. Yes, you know, yes. the, the the vibe is so crazy like everybody's just so happy and excited and you know yeah. motivated the questions yeah. from the students are amazing you know and uh, and Carl and, and, and Peter are just like the, the, the skills at, at managing people at managing uh, LOC members are just amazing so I think this program will not die out you know I think there's a lot lot to come yeah yeah and uh, and and I think uh, for the future I will still be with part of this program I think forever I would not want to see it go down or, or, or at that point I want to definitely be there for it to be going up higher and higher and higher each year. Okay, okay. This is, this is basically nice experience. Um, I also want to ask, like, you said you're doing PhD, right? Yes, so yes. Are you doing it at UKZN? Yes, I am, yes. Okay, so, like, uh, if, I'm interested to know, like, what, what is your research, what is your current research that you're doing now? Okay, so now I am um, um, doing a PhD now at uh, UKZN. Um, also motivated by the program, you know, they're trying yes. to get out 
students from uh, third, fourth years of Arabs PhD uh, as part of a government uh, um, protocol of getting guys to do PhDs. So yes, uh, my PhD is um, basically in environmental science, um, specifically involved in remote sensing. Yeah. And I'm working on uh, forestry uh, uh, land use. I'm looking at the nutrient quality okay. of forests and whether it's depleting our nutrients and, and how can we manage our nutrients more um, more effectively and also efficiently and um, providing forestry commercial forestry uh, companies with information that's much faster and cheaper and reliable using remote sensing compared to uh, wet-based chemistry which is a lot more expensive it takes a long time to do and doesn't cover a large area okay so so I'll let you know like has uh, the knowledge that you have gained from Access HPW has it contributed to your research? Oh, oh, definitely, yes, yeah, yeah. I think, I think um, uh, it's it's definitely um, important for my research because what it does, it lets you think outside the box. Yeah. yeah. HPW and uh, is about Earth System Science, which is basically including all different sciences multidisciplinary. So that concept. When you're doing your research, you, you try to touch on topics that affect and impact a lot of different disciplines, not just your own. Yeah. So, with that, was a very important thing to, to understand is that it opens your mind out to, to, to getting new ideas that you won't normally get. And also, um, besides, also a big thing for me, obviously, was the public speaking, was, was getting you out in public and, and, and talking about your research. Yeah. Because most of our research is not actually reached. Yeah, yeah. And um, being able to publicly speak it is is definitely um, a positive, and um, it's also good for your for your CV and for most companies that want to employ you one day. Definitely want to have um, some record of you doing uh, uh, other voluntary work outside of your normal um, work, or, or, and definitely uh, affecting communities and especially especially the youth. It was really nice talking to you. Eh? It was really nice. I, I've learned a lot from you, and you really inspire me. Um, I thought I thought of not doing PhD, but I I just wanna do it from like the, the experiences that you had. Like I have really learned a lot. Definitely. Yes, uh, definitely. Thanks so much for for having me on on the podcast. Okay, thank you, thank you, Liv. Yeah. Till next time. Cheers. Bye. Uh, okay, everyone. Thanks, uh, Pakiso, for that great interview, and welcome everyone back to the Videri Cafe in Rondebosch. Uh, I'm still sat here with Precious, and the staff and other customers are still looking at us strangely as we're sat talking into a microphone. And uh, we're here because, as I say, we are finishing the podcast for this year, which is uh, very sad. It's the final episode. Uh, I'm sat here just with Precious because, as Meter is as so often uh, out on a ship somewhere in the Southern Ocean, uh, doing exciting science. And um, yeah, just wanted to uh, offer some concluding remarks by reflecting on how it went. So, Precious, how was your first? ever experience of podcasting? Wow, it was tough, guys. Talking is very difficult, especially <laughs> when you know that you don't have an idea of how many people are actually going to listen to what you're saying. So, yeah, it's been a learning experience as well. It's amazing that as soon as the microphone's on, your brain goes to jelly. I know. <laughs> it's like, how do you even speak? Words <laughs> you pronounce every day are just suddenly unpronounceable. Yeah, but uh, Science that you know everything about is suddenly... <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, guys, we, we tried really hard, yeah. uh, and it's definitely been a learning experience for us. And I, I really, I really hope that it's been something that's been useful to you and brought science into your everyday life. What was your favourite bit? Um, I think science theatre. Science theatre was fun. Right? <laughs> I, uh, I particularly uh, I liked doing the voices. I, it was a ridiculous idea. I, I, I think to do it in, but but I think it's nice to. to bring science across in, in a fun format like that. True, and also just because you get to learn about how things, we, all, we all already know about DNA, but we never knew how it came about. For sure. So it was a, such an exciting way to learn about these terms that we use on a daily basis and the discoveries that had been already made, you know. I think for me one of the highlights uh, has definitely been the people. Uh, Precious, I couldn't have done it without you, uh, with bringing the science news each week and co-hosting. Asmita, I think, uh, was brilliant in, in being able to help with science theatre as a narrator and doing great voices uh, as well. And Pekiso editing, he's, uh, he's actually he's not based in Cape Town, he's uh, up in the north of the country, but he's done done a fantastic job so that was nice yeah, we will be back next year with a new and improved version uh, I hope that you'll all consider tuning in again wherever you are we'll definitely try and advertise it better this better. time right yeah and, and you guys can also help us in advertising in your campuses because it's not just for you to reach a habitable planet participants but also to just any young person who is in whatever institution around the country. And look, if you're interested in getting involved, if you think uh, you could do a better job, then come on in. I'm, I'm absolutely, the door is open. I'm very, very keen to see who we can get involved uh, for this next year. Uh, we will see you all next September, guys. Bye. The Habitable Planet podcast was produced by Fakiso and Tim Kulu. The studio team in Cape Town were Carl Palmer, Precious Mastelela, and Asmita Singh. All voices in science theatre were done very badly, and any resemblance to actual people is both highly unlikely and purely coincidental. <laughs>